Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is A Lot To Learn with Austin Rogers. For the guy who knows everything, he's still got a lot to learn. Without further ado, here's Austin. Welcome, good morning, good evening, good afternoon, good night. I have no idea what time it is because this is a podcast and people listen to podcasts whenever they listen to podcasts, maybe in the shower. Why do I keep saying the shower? I don't know. Today is really, 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 really great because I've reconnected with an old friend who I haven't seen in years, Mr. Alan Thayer. Alan is a DJ for the Brazilian Beat on KMHD, part of Oregon Public Public Broadcasting and a journalist and an author. And he has a book on the Bloomsbury imprint, the 33 and a third series. Many of you audiophiles will know this. They've just gone worldwide with it. 33 and a third Brazil on Team Maya Racional, volumes one and two. Apparently, this is some crazy, culty Brazilian music shit that we're going to talk about today because Alan is the expert on it. But first... Welcome, Alan. Thanks, thanks, Austin. This is this is surreal. And le- why is it surreal? <laughs> I mean, just uh, we're in in Portland, Oregon. Here, that's we're in Portland, secret, Oregon. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, that's where I'm from. Um, but I met Austin uh, thousands of miles away in New York City. Uh, you Literally, know, a ago. I think uh, it was September 2001. It would have been uh, October. Because that's when I got the job. Ah, so I started the week after September 11th. Yeah, and so I, I nope. interviewed well, the week before September 11th. I got the, I got the, I got the, I got the call that I got the job on September 10th. That's crazy. Yes. So I will never forget when yeah. I started that job because I got the call on September 10th. I'm like, today's the greatest day. I got this awesome job. Yeah. And the next day I'm like, hmm, maybe I forgot about the job part a little yeah. bit. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. But yes, this is surreal because we're reconnected after, what, 19 years, 18 years of not seeing one another. Yeah. Um, and we've both obviously had divergent career paths, and but yet here we are back together again. Yeah. And we're going to learn some shit about Brazilian music because... Yeah. It's nothing to do with Asia. Nothing to all. do with Asia <laughs> at all. Our company was called Asia Society in Park Avenue. By the way, check it out. It's got a fantastic art collection. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah you're welcome. It'll, 10 years of employment. That's the yeah. only plug you're yeah, getting. Exactly. <laughs> I'm surprised they, after I just did everything, I didn't get like all these letters like donate. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Brazilian music. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I am clearly, I mean, I've got a music degree. Yeah. But no, this, I know you as a music guy. Yeah. But this is, this is, a, this is a black hole because yeah. I'm like, Zhao Gilberto, girl from Ipanema. Something's called Bossa Nova. Something's called Samba. Yeah. You were there were crunchy hippies at the University of Wisconsin who lived in a giant church, and they'd always. Pl- I always never understand why you call it playing capoeira, yeah. and yeah. they do capoeira and. Rio Olympics and the World Cup and the Brazilian football team and Marta and there we go. I'm over. I'm done. Yep. Yep. 
Um, you know more than most people about Brazil. So, oh, okay, yeah, exactly. We're doing we're doing great. We're doing great. You even said João Gilberto almost accurately. It wasn't almost like Joe Joe Gilberto. <laughs> oh, you know? Okay, okay. Most good. people will you know do it, do it that way or insist that the guy uh, named Jorge Ben is actually Jorge Ben because <laughs> they know that in in Spanish it's Jorge. Right, um, and the, the the Brazilian is Portuguese and different. Brazilian Portuguese is different than Portuguese Portuguese. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. way different because it's been. Partially uh, uh, heterogeneous uh, African uh, Africanization, right? Yep, and I mean that's where I really start in terms of, of trying to describe what is Brazilian music. Um, it's you think about um, Brazil and the U.S. are the most similar in the world, in my experience. And I've traveled around enough to like, you know, been to a couple of continents and like, but in terms of having a new world experience of European and indigenous and African being a huge part of the influence, um, all mixed together. What I love about Brazil is that any, anyone can go to Brazil and until they open their mouth, and don't look like a tourist, they could be Brazilian. Yes, yeah. Just like anyone can come to the U.S. I mean, Braz- in New York City, you could you could fake it until you make it. And, you know, in any major city, no one's going to call you out as being a non, you know, not from here. Right. Um, but the, the really interesting thing that, um, to oversimplify it is, and when they brought the slaves over to the U.S., right. they didn't that- let the drums come. That is the, yes. And remember, Brazil actually abolished its slave trade long after, uh, when, when was Brazilian emancipation? It was, um, it was in the late 19th century, but I believe yeah. it was a decade or two after. It was the it 1870s was, or yeah. early 1880s. But that's what, that's, I want to draw that uh, analogous relationship. Both the United States and Brazil, in essence, dominate their continent, Right. Brazil is two thirds of that continent. We are one third of our continent, right? Uh, White uh, Europeans. In terms of who's in control? Indigenous, displaced. Uh, indigenous populations mm-hmm. and massive slavery. Yep, massive slavery. Yep, and um, and so the big difference, right, when you think of the music in terms of how American music developed and the influence of of the African tradition in American music, which is enormous, you know, dominant. Dare we say blues, hip hop, jazz? It, it all, all starts with yeah, with with the African the African. Um, uh, elements that were brought from Africa yes. to the New World. Yes. The same is true in Brazil, but the thing is, is they got to keep the drums. So you think in, in the United States, the closest thing we have to a drum from the African experience was the banjo. Right. right? Yes, we have the banjo. African exactly. instrument. Yes, the banjo is an African instrument. And in Brazil, you have a plethora of of percussion instruments. It's a, another little fun factoid about Brazilian music is Brazil is the country with the most um, unique percussion instruments you know, that it lays credit to creating. Because we're also saying African, and I'm using quotes, but African is, is that means nothing because there are tens of thousands of cultures in Africa. So you're having, you know, we just lump it. Oh, you, mm-hmm. yes, yes. The slaves came from, quote, Africa. Right. But that means literally nothing because the slaves came from what was Senegal and mm-hmm. what was Cote d'Ivoire and then some. The, what was Central African Republic, right? right, right. So and each of these cultures and tribes are completely different. Yep. So now you've got each tribe gets to come and bring their own drums. Yep. And, and then they start mixing 
in the in, in, in the new world, and they start then mixing. And by the way, with... gets to come was not <laughs> really good. No, was was I got phys- a place on the boat for you? <laughs> yeah, come along. Yeah, was no. physically picked up, right? But the music has flourished because of this pan-African experience. Yeah, yeah. and literally, I mean, you, you mentioned Capoeira um, and, uh, and, and in a joking way, and, 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 I, and I get the joke, I, I've done Capoeira, and I won the, wore in the pajamas and everything <laughs> until, until my, my knees gave way, and I can't do that anymore. Um, but, uh, but what's really interesting about Capoeira is that there is a direct line in terms of Capoeira um, as as an art form and as a as a um, as a martial art um, from from Africa to Brazil, there is a, a version of capoeira called capoeira Angola. There we go from Angola. Yep, you know, and you can literally trace the instruments: the berimbau, which is that stringed bow that's common in in, in capoeira. You, it's have, half percussive, half instrumental, right? Because yeah, you can yeah. play it, you can make tones with it, but it's mostly and there's a lot of echo. And yeah, literally, it's like a stick and a string and a and a, and and a, a rock. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's so we've got this rhythmically oriented you know whereas the the african diaspora in the united states we've got really firm rhythms too in you know field songs and mm-hmm. gospel spirituals and thus the blues and yeah. thus country music and thus right, rock and right. roll which has a big rhythm yeah. but it's not necessarily a drummed rhythm. It's more of a vocal rhythm, mm-hmm. and there's a vocal mm-hmm. cadence to it. So, in essence, like in the American experience, the rhythmic, the rhythmic uh, spirit of Africa maintained, except it was vocally translated. In Brazil, it's still actual physical instruments, and and really a, a focus on the polyrhythms. And right. layering of rhythms. Right. Um, and, and I mean, I think of, you know, American uh, popular music as, as really like if you could oversimplify and say like the stringed instruments from Europe meet, you know, sort of the, the, the rhythmic influence from Africa. The vocal cadence. Yeah. 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 And then you have things like country music and things like blues that have a steady beat. That is foreign to sort of European tradition, but 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 the melody and, and the stringed instruments creating layers is familiar. Yeah, Brazilian music is com- at least to let's say for Western we're going to say Anglo and yeah. white, white like not the Iberian Peninsula. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it in the super yeah. white people, the, the Northern Europeans, Northern yeah. Europeans. Yes, in the Northern European experience, this the Brazilian music is. Oh, Exotic and sultry, oh, yeah. and and people are moving their hips. Lambada, the most yeah. dangerous. It was yeah. Lambada Brazilian. It actually is Brazilian. Yes, yeah. the, the world's dangerous dance. Yeah, Remember exactly. that movie in the yes, mid nineties exactly. or something like this? Like people are like, oh, it's a scandal. Yes, yes. It's dancing idiots. Yeah, exactly. And um and and they have they have nastier dances than that. Result, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they just didn't they just didn't make a movie about it. Um, but um, absolutely, the, the in Brazil, the it it all starts with the beat. Yeah. And that's that's fundamentally and like in, in in every almost every part of Brazil, every version of Brazilian music, it, it the beat is sort of the fundamental element. It's not the lyrics, it's not the melody necessarily. I mean, I'm oversimplifying. Of no, course. no, no, no. Please uh, be as simple as yeah. possible for idiots listening yeah, right yeah. now. Um, so these these terms, this bossa nova yep. and this samba, yep. are these. Song forms are these rhythmic variations that these make are, families. I don't know. These are uh, well, basically, um, it all. If you had to pick one form of music in Brazil that is sort of its unique contribution to the world in, in the way that blues and jazz is American, in, in, yeah, in North American, yeah. and I think that's. I am not arguing with that. I think that's accurate. Um, samba. 
Samba is the sort of the, um, the, you know, the uh, iconic form that, that, that Brazil contributed to the world. And there's other related, um, you know, uh, genres. And it basically just refers to a certain polyrhythmic um, a beat um, that, you know, is not, not, not unsimilar to saying salsa, um, which salsa right. encapsulates lots of things, but it's basically, a, you know, a Cuban rhythm that, you know, has sort of got some jazz elements on top of it. Samba is... Salsa is Cuban? Yeah, at its, at its origin, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Huh. So the, uh, you know, the, the basic clave beat that, yeah. that, 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 that backs up salsa, that comes from Africa, obviously, but Cuba is, is where it was sort of invented, and then, and then it, was, it flourished in New York City. But we get off topic, because we're, no, no, no. we're supposed to be talking about samba, right? I know, but still, <laughs> there, I'm sure there's going to be a, like an analogous route of yeah. samba. Well, in a, sense, in a sense that you know, the, um, the rhythm came from, um, from Africa and came through the, Afro, the African religions that then become Afro-Brazilian religions once they're in Africa, uh-huh. and once they're in Brazil, and Bahia being the state of... Of Brazil that had the most um, um, African immigrate forced immigration, right. slavery. Yep. Um, and so Salvador da Bahia is the capital of of of, um, of Bahia and is like the most African place not in Africa uh-huh. in terms of culturally and uh-huh. everything. Still to this day, like New York is the most Jewish place outside <laughs> yeah. of Israel. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and uh, and so. Um, you know, when the I, I lost track of what I was saying. Um, so, so this city is the most African place possible outside of Africa. Oh, in terms and, of and and samba somehow. So where samba comes from yes. really is um, is is that that African rhythm, and then it sort of merging with a sort of a European song form. Because you think about you think about okay, African Afro Brazilian music. It's ritual music. It's not meant to be consumed in a dance in a social setting. This is this is religious music. Yes. And so what ends up happening um, is that you have you know basically well different ways of 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 sort of you know uh, secularizing that sound and making you know putting lyrics on it, maybe putting a string arrangement on top of it. I mean, obviously it's the early twentieth century, so everything's layered with you know strings and and you know you know sounds like a, a Disney movie soundtrack kind of you know. So so it, they become pop songs and so right. samba becomes the you know the the blues. Of Brazil, of Brazil in the early 20th century. This is this is the form. So you you've got the origins, but what's the definition of samba? Like is like okay, blue. And I'm not like a uh, like a technical music guy, no, so no, I'm no, not no. gonna say it's like you know the fourth, seventh note, you know, whatever that kind of well, thing. Yeah, is, like but. a blues blues is a 16 bar pattern, yeah. which it'll typically be one four one five one five four one. See, right? but I can't talk that way. Exactly. Like, I, I can write a book about yeah. a musician, but I can't can't say that kind of thing. But um, then in your own words, what 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 designates? Okay, uh, you know it immediately. Okay, so this is usually, samba. Um, it, it, again, it begins with the beat, and yep. so it has a, a polyrhythmic beat that um, you know um, it, it, we hear it as like boom, 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 boom. That's sort of like a basic one where it's. I mean, it, it, it can sound a little bit like salsa, but I think it's a slightly different cadence, and that's where I'm not the expert in terms of how to, how to, um, how to define it. But when you hear it, it'll often have, um, uh, either guitar in it as well, Mm -hmm. or, um, we, in Brazil, it's called cavaquinho, but it's a ukulele. It's the same instrument. It came from, from Portugal and landed in Hawaii and in Brazil. 
It's the same instrument. All right. Yeah. That's really yeah. cool. And yeah. in Portugal, it's called a cavaquinho. Yeah. Also. <laughs> yeah okay. It's the same language, right. obviously. And it just became ukulele in Hawaii. Yeah, and they play a totally different style in, in Hawaii than they would do in Brazil. In Brazil, it's played like ching, 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 ching. It's a percussive instrument right. almost. Right, not the junga, 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 in typical yeah. Hawaiian music or yeah. hipster girls from Portland who yeah. play ukuleles. By the way, that shit's got to end. Yeah. Learn, <laughs> learn, no offense to those who natively play ukuleles, but for all you horn rim glasses girls, yeah, yeah. knock it off, learn a different instrument. It's not twee. Uh, no, it's too twee. Whatever. Um, it's over twee. It's over twee. Give, give, I got my computer open right now yeah. and I could pump this in there. Name me a song that is indicative, like to you is the Ur Samba song. Like for like, for like the Ur Blues song, I do like Robert Johnson's Crossroads, or I do like right. a Muddy Waters song. Right. I'd be like, this is, this embodies blues. What uh, song can you think of is like, this embodies Samba? Hmm. That's, yeah, that's interesting. Cause, um, let's see. Um, you probably pick one of the the classic um, composers. So it's like uh, Dorival Kaimi. Are you typing this in? Yeah, give me a spelling on that. D O R D O I V A L I V A L. Yeah, Samba da Minha Terra. Yeah, that's a great one. Something Earth. What's Minha? Uh, my Samba of my land. Oh, okay. All right. So let's give like, this a listen by Dorival Kaimi. 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 I yeah. pronounce the Y. That's D O R I V A L C A Y M M I. And he's something like a uh, Cole Porter of of Brazil. You know, great, 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 great songwriter. All right, here we go. We're going to give this a listen, and this is like the this is the Ur Samba. This is what 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 in uh, Alan's ideal who is. An expert is embodies samba. O samba da minha terra deixa gente mole. Quando se canta todo mundo bole. Quando se canta todo mundo bole. O samba da minha terra deixa gente mole. Quando se canta todo mundo bole. And this doesn't actually have percussion in it, but, but it's percussive in its in its nature. I hear this, yeah. And there's versions of this song with drums, of course. Um, I hear one, three, one, three. Oh, that's great. This, this is a notable song because it's uh, Joao Gilberto, who's the guy who founded Bossa Nova, does this song as well. And and sort of makes it more into a bossa nova, which, to answer the question you haven't asked, asked yet, bossa nova is just sort of like a cool jazz version of samba. It's really nothing different. That's it. It's just sort of more chill and more jazzy. Oh, okay. So a little bit more laid back because yeah. that Instead in, of like in, up front percussion, it's more like you know, rim shots and, and hi-hat, you know, brushes on drums. Ah, cool. Okay, so yeah, like back to like jazz, cool jazz and smooth jazz are two different things, right? Yeah. You know, that you know, and bop is different than hard bop. I yeah. mean, well, that's a little, yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah, yeah. Gray, so, gray areas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, so bossa nova is just a little bit more laid back, less in your face percussive samba. Yeah, and, and layered with more jazz instruments. So, you know, a horn in there, some flutes, you know, but, but simple at the same time. 
Because there's, you know, just like just like in the U.S., we have, you know, in the 50s, the music was very bombastic in yeah. terms of its arrangements. Yeah. Music in Brazil in the 50s had a lot of, you know, huge horn arrangements and string arrangements right. over the top. And Bossa Nova was a response to that being like, we're simplifying it. I, th- I, I actually really, even though they don't sound anything alike, I like to compare the Bossa Nova revolution, which yep. really was a revolution, to what Elvis did, which was really, you know... Take it back to the roots. I mean, I'm you know right. No, we no, can no, talk no. about how Elvis is maybe not the guy to originally take it back to the roots. No, but, but that's that's who everyone listened to. Yeah. So that's what that's yeah. what history. There is a firm pre Elvis, post Elvis. There's a line in the sand, right? Yeah, exactly. So and Joao Gilberto is is that the figure. line in the sand for because I'm imagining when you said this bombastic horn forward thing, I'm thinking like Sinatra of that era. Yeah. Boom, ba ba, boom. Yeah, yeah. You know these huge melodramatic vocals, right? You know, which by the way, super cool stuff. But yeah, then all yeah. of a sudden, you go, let's chill out a little bit. Yeah. Let's take it back. Yeah. Because we, being 40-year-old white men, uh, can't imagine how big these Bossa Nova records were in the late 50s and early 60s. Oh, yeah. It was the thing. Absolutely. I mean, it's Hugh Hef- it's like that is like the epitome of like Hugh Hefner of that era, you know, the tuxedo. Mm-hmm. The Mercedes convertible and the Bossa Nova records on on while you mix a martini for yep. the yep. girl in the slinky skirt, yep. you know, you mix a martini, you put that album on. That was like that generation's usher. No, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just joking. No, but it was it was baby make, making music for, for real though. Um, uh, but w- one thing that's really interesting to to remember, I mean, not that we remember, we weren't alive, but to 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 know is that. Um, the the girl from Ipanema, yes, which is the everyone song knows that it. If if you haven't heard a, a Bossa Nova song, you probably have actually heard this one. So it was recorded by uh, Stan Getz with Joao Gilberto, mm-hmm. whose name has come up as sort of the Elvis Presley of of Brazil, which doesn't really work, but works for, for the, this for and, our yes, conversation. Got it, yeah, um, uh, and and then his his then wife Astrud Gilberto, who yep. sings the English language vocal, which made it possible to become a hit. Yes. The English language, without that English language vocal, it would not have been a hit. And that's a plug for another book in this series about that record. About gets, that gets record. Gilber- gets Gilberto. Yes, which is- tells the story about why that record became so big, etc. I mean, it's Highly like- recommend it. Kind of Blue, uh, um, yeah. Gets Gilberto. Yeah. That's like, those are the three jazz albums of maybe- uh, giant steps through uh, or blue train. I don't know. No, yeah, no. Let's there's not. a cult train in there somewhere. Yeah, there's a yeah. Tra- there's a cult train in there. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are the those are the those are the albums that the budding jazz aficionado. That's yeah. that is the foundational. Those yeah. are the and that is one of those foundational. Maybe, maybe, maybe Brubeck take five. Oh God, no, <laughs> no, you can't do it. Can't I can't do it. Do it. No, no. I'm uh, I'm anti Brubeckian. Okay, uh, but 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 the point I'm trying to make is that uh, is that in. Um, uh, 1964, when um, Girl from Ipanema was released as a single back in the day, where these were like, that's how, how things were rated by popularity. It wasn't albums in 64, it was right. singles. Yes. Um, the Girl from Ipanema was on the top of the charts. Or was it? It bumped off. I want to hold your hand, or or it was bumped either, off by. I want to hold or, your hand, or either but, way around. Literally, the point being is that is that it was the Beatles and and gets Gilberto and lovely or was as in popular. The, as popular as she loves you, yeah. Or I yeah. want to hold your hand, and, and then you can really see there. There's a turning point right then and there. Sort of the, this was the end of that that era of music, right. And and you know and the, you know the beginning is so, what we're still oh, suffering wow. from. Or, it's right? a hard it's a hard stop, at least 
in our whole hemisphere. You know, we've got yeah. Brazil, the Brazil, the power of or the centrality of yeah. South America, United States, the centrality of North America. And then once the once the Beatles hit Brit, from they're British, but once they hit America. It's over. Once America's on board, yeah. the whole world is yeah. on board, at least in that era. Once America's... No, stop, stop. Can't do it, can't do it. I was going to do it. I was going to do it. I can't... All right. All right. Now we've got a great grounding in Brazilian music. Samba is really, you know, Brazil's national music. Bossa Nova is just a chiller version of it. Um, what's Bossa mean? Um, it, it's like wave. So it's like new wave. Oh, literally. it literally is new wave. Yeah. Oh, that makes this Not literally, but it's like uh, it, it, it's yeah, it's sort of slang for wave, right? So, so thing, new thing, new, new thing. wave. So, yeah. oh, so they're literally well, because Nova obviously knew, yeah. but I didn't know what Basso was. So it's like, oh yeah, Samba is the old thing. Yeah, here's the new thing. Yeah, and they even and called it, was, it, and it was like literally a marketing thing. Yeah, because you know? it wasn't that it, it referred to the music specifically. Somebody sort of gave. It's actually one of the lyricists that was central to it um, was also a journalist and wrote an article and kind of titled it that, and it just sort of stuck. Well, that's but con- that's convenient. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, well, no, I'm, I'm picturing the '50s. Like, have you heard the new thing? Yeah. Go out to your local five and dime and buy it right now. Yeah. It's the new thing, right? Do, do the bossa nova. That was the funny, the, the bizarre thing about it is, is once it came to the U.S., um, you know, all the, the labels and the marketing guys wanted to know what the dance was. And there's no f- freaking dance but to Bossa Nova. But someone went out and choreographed oh, yeah. that dance. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got to do that. I'm thinking uh, Hudsucker Proxy, right? Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah It's exactly. for kids. <laughs> and it's just the picture of a circle. You know, for kids. Hey, it's for kids. Hey, did you hear that? It's for kids. Yeah. Right? They'll love it. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, did you see uh, Dick and Jane? They're doing the Bossa Nova. Well, I should do the Bossa Nova too. Hey, Timmy, here's how. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, <laughs> it's exactly. total. Because it's the 50s and 60s. Yep. That's how marketing was back then. Yep. We'll tell you what. We're the guys on Madison yeah. Avenue. Exactly. So I think we got our Brazilian music down. I think everyone should have. Uh, I think everyone learned something because I didn't know half that shit, and I'm smarter than you. So, uh, <laughs> so let's talk about this book. Sure. Let's see if I could get the uh, pronounce. It's Tim, right? Well, um, you can just say Tim. Oh, I can say Tim. Well, it's like he adopted an Americanized name. Oh, so okay. You can, you can just you so can just Tim Maya Rasional volumes yeah. Maya one. like Maya Angelou. Yep, Not Maya Rasional. People want to say Maya, but no. it's just Maya. Maya Rasional. Rasional volumes one and two, and this is the Bloomsbury Press thirty-three and a third Brazil series by Alan Thayer, where he talks about. An incredibly famous musician, Tim Maya, Maya, Maya. Maya. I, there you go. I said it right the first time. Yeah. Tim Maya, who I've never heard about, yeah. but apparently is just an epic story of music and cults and drug use and the whole. This should be this should be a, a, an international story. Yeah, but I've never heard of him before. Yeah, let's um, go. Yeah, so uh, you know, we, we we set sort of the, the the bedrock of what Brazilian music is, and, and what I like to tell people is uh, is that if you can imagine uh, uh, a genre of music that might seem obscure, there is probably a Brazilian version of it, right? And that's just because Brazil is that big no. that it has, and it's and it's diverse, like we talked about earlier, where you really have all of these other influences available too. So there's Brazilian I mean, everything jazz, there's about Brazilian Brazil metal. There's Brazilian. 
country music. There's Brazilian American style country music. Right. Everything about Brazil is essentially analogous to the United States. Yeah. Almost the same culture. They would probably say in the reverse. But, of course, you know, of course. Fair enough. Uh, well, actually, they could say it in the reverse because they're way older. Yeah, Treaty they actually of, are. Treaty of Tordesillas is 1494. That's when the Pope splits the New World between Spain and Portugal. Yeah. And Portugal got that half. So 1494 is They've sort been of, colonizing for longer. Exactly. <laughs> so actually, yes. Yes, the, or we colonize for longer. Yes, yeah. we the United States are have undertaken the same experience as Brazil. We're we're multilingual, we're multicultural, we're multiracial, and uh, and we're founded by bondage, right? Yeah, yeah. So so whenever Alan is talking about like oh there's this and that and that in Brazil, just think of the this and that yeah. and that in it's the regions of the United States. Yeah, it's as complicated. When people say, "Have you been to Brazil?" You're like, it's like saying, "Have you been to the U.S.?" Like, well, where? Yeah, it's uh, it's roughly yeah. the same size yeah. and it's roughly the same population. I mean, yeah. we are pretty much sister nations. Yeah. I never actually put yeah. it that way, yeah. but yeah. It really is. Uh, I can't think of anywhere that you would you'd sort of have some of the same similar experiences in terms yeah. of diversity, in terms of um, you know region regionality. Yeah, um, it's it's vast. Yeah. Um, so, the, and the point that I try to make here is that the guy that I write about, um, Tim Maya, is um, really the the James Brown of Brazil. Um, awesome. He is the guy who introduced soul music to Brazil, and I, I think that there's other figures, and I don't want to, uh, you know, suggest that he was the only one doing this. Um, he was he was part of a larger movement, but he was the the um, lightning rod of this movement, well, and and for good reason because he was he was literally large and in charge. He was a an overweight. Afro-Brazilian guy is another was say black. He was a black Brazilian yep. guy, very loud, um, uh, very large temper. Um, he, you know, he, he was his own enemy on so many levels, but he also was uh, incredibly good at getting attention. <laughs> Before we get into the saga of Tim Maya, yeah, give give us the sem. Okay. Sex Machine or I Got You, that's James yeah, Brown's. Right. Like, this is the it, 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 apotheosis of James Brown. Yeah. What is his song? Let's listen to it before we start talking about him. So, we everyone's grounded orally. Right. Um, is it Gustavo Tanto de Voce? Yeah. There it is. That's, first, that's first, one. first one that that's came up. One. All right. This is Tim uh, Maya. Maya. Gustavo Tanto de Voce. Oh, D E is a G, G yeah. and Vosé. You don't Vosé. you don't do the okay. Everything's soft in Portuguese. Oh, it is soft and sexy. It is. That's why they say it. Yeah. All right. Let's listen. Não sei por que você se foi. Quantas saudades eu senti E de tristezas vou viver E aquele adeus não pude dar Você marcou na minha vida So this is Tim Maia, Gustavo Tanto de Você. Did I get it? You got it. Nice. Got it. I used to love you so much. Gustavo Tanto de Você. I used to love you so much. Yeah. yeah. This is pretty dope. What year is this? This is uh, 1973, and it's... Uh, it's a good pick uh, for one to for what for us to highlight because the book that I write about is literally the albums that come right after this song or the album that this song is from. Nice. So while uh, actually, let's let's knock that off now. Um, 
So tell me about this guy. So this this is this a breakout hit right here, or is this is this the pinnacle, or is this just let's talk about him in general? Yeah, the, he the James Brown of Brazil. It's fair to say that his his relevance um, uh, went from 1970 until about 1983 in terms of being like a um, a. Le- a leading figure in Brazilian um, music in, as a pop figure, but also as the guy who is introducing soul and funk music. And, and, um, and uh, you know, I like to think of soul and funk as, as a universal form, just like blues and jazz right. can be played by anybody anywhere is now. Is soul and funk from America? I absolutely. Yeah, I think it's fair to say. No, I, yeah. I I think it is too, but I, I can't. Mean, I can't yes. think of. Where, I'm going to say yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you think of it as an extension of blues, right? And and as a as a hybrid. Well, because we got uh, James Brown, and James Brown leads to you know Superfly and Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. So there we go. Parliament Funkadelic. Exactly. It all comes from James Brown. Yeah. Um, and similarly, everything. In in Brazilian soul and funk and hip hop leads back to Tim Maia. Awesome, same kind of. He's way. the progenitor. He's the yeah. Got it. So let's talk about his his musical influence, but interlace it with apparently his insane personal biography. Right. So he was um, uh, a very outspoken uh, character. He, um, you know, he he managed to to become um, popular. You know, despite everything that would suggest that he wouldn't be like overweight, um, outspoken, you know, uh, black, you know, in, in Brazil, trying to sing a, a style of music that hadn't even been exposed in Brazil yet. So people really didn't even know what soul music was, but he had, he had lived in the U S for five years. And so this is an interesting thing for you maybe, because you're from, from, uh, you know, uh, New York in New York state. Yep. Um, he spent five years in Terrytown. What? Terrytown is like five minutes from my house. I knew you were somewhere around there. No, yeah, right, exactly. right around the corner. Terrytown. Terrytown. Like right. Terrytown. Five years, um, 1959 <laughs> to 1964. He he basically convinced his um, his like the local priest to lend him money when he was in Brazil, and then he he lied to immigration saying that he had a uh, television um, spon- uh, scholarship to learn television in the U.S., showed up in New York City with $12. Uh-huh. And he was going to crash at a uh, family friend's house that he hadn't bothered to tell that he was coming. Yep. Who was like, you know, some some Brazilian woman from his hometown. Yep. Married some guy from Terrytown. And so he literally goes and knocks on the door, and they're like, Hi! What? No, yeah, I guess you could stay for a little, but he ends up, you know, staying for five years, not with them, but kicking around the town, right? And soaking up, like, you know, it was pre soul music, really, at the time, right? Because what was more like Ray Charles, it was more like doo wop. You got some suit, like in the early 60s, like Sam Cooke would have been big, yep. And you got some, uh, you got the you got the Supremes and stuff like that coming up because they're just starting, right? Because, yeah, we think of, um, I mean, Otis Redding wasn't a thing in, you know. No, 64 was just beginning. 64, he was just yeah. beginning, right? And like 62, we got some, we got some early, we got some like this Shirelles and stuff like yeah. that. But they're also at the same time as the Beatles. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's not until like 65, 66 where we get the the stuff that we really know as the the soul yeah. stuff. You yeah. know, the Sam and Daves and exactly. stuff like that. And so he was, but he was around soaking up all the stuff that came before. And so he was primed um, and was already knew what was coming. So even when he was back in. Brazil, Brazil in 64 and on, he was 
highly attuned to what was coming from 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 the U.S. Right, and and, and he was already determined to to be playing this kind of music in Brazil. You know, in Portuguese, he always, he often sung in English, though that was a sort of a known thing that he would do. Yep, because I think for him, it it, it was it, it is the native language of soul music. I think he would say, um, but but he also, you know, he made it a point, and he convinced a lot of other people along the way to kind of create a scene around this. I mean, every. Soul music is hard not to like. I mean, I say this as a fan of soul music. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I, it's pretty. It's, you've got to. You, you really don't have a soul yeah, exactly. if you don't. If that doesn't get your taste, maybe Mike Pence doesn't. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much it. And right. if Mike Pence doesn't like it, everyone should like it. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I think it was. Uh, it was initially difficult to get people to um, to understand it. Mm-hmm. What it was, um, and especially because you know, even even Brazil, you think as being uh, maybe more racially. Uh, harmonious, at least that's the the, the message that kind of gets delivered. Is a lot of racism in Brazil, and you know the idea of you know African American musicians was probably not as palatable as um, white American musicians, right? And in terms and of stuff they were importing and consuming, because sixty soul was black. Yeah, it's not until we got Blue Eyed Soul of the seventies where it sort of gets a little, uh, right. it's get a little, gets a little milkier, you know. Yeah. Um, well, it gets it gets pop, you know, it gets pop crossover, right, right, hollow notes and that kind of thing, right. But, but but we have to, we can't underscore enough that the pop the pop soul hits of the sixties were immensely massive. The Will You Still Love Me Tomorrows and mm. Baby Love and I Can't Help Myself. These are huge, huge hits. Yep, yep. Um, so he is hearing the origins of this and sort of running a parallel course while in Brazil, while while American soul artists are coming to maturity and growing their art, he sort of presaged it and hops off and creates a Brazilian branch where he's following parallel and occasionally looking over the pond and saying like, ah, here's how I'm going to modify my music to sort of keep up with the trends in the United States. Absolutely. And, um, and you listen to his early releases. He's got a couple releases before he actually breaks out. Um, and, uh, and they're very much in line with sort of, you know, 1968 pop, mm. pop soul, sort of Wilson Pickett kind of style stuff. Uh, it's it. not nearly as good, but he's, he's getting there. He's getting you know, there. We, yeah. we heard Gustavo Tantajivo say he's really sort of found his style that's in, and his that's, voice. That, he's in the groove right there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's, uh, you know his 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 first real production uh, was on another guy's album in 1969, and it's literally um, Brazilian translations of pop hits. So he's got "Cold Sweat" translate to "A Mulher," the woman, and it's literally the same song but with Portuguese lyrics. Right, totally different lyrics, but the same song. "Funky Street," you know, done in Portuguese "Rua Maluca" instead of "Funky Street." It's "Crazy Street," and he, you know, he does all these covers, and they're really trying to introduce. Soul. I mean, it's as, as obvious as that, but without any real marketing effort, really. Right. Like one artist releasing an album of you know covers of soul songs, and it's kind of got a little bit of a clunky feel because they haven't really gotten the the soul rhythm yet. Uh-huh. As much as we think of Brazilians as being like you know uh, geniuses of of rhythms and yeah. percussion. You know, if that, there's something to be learned about a sort of a four four funk beat, right? That isn't and maybe just intuitive for everyone to do. On day one, no, no, that that is deceptively complex. You're yeah. hearing it, your hips are moving to it, but that drum beat took a lot of work, and that drummer labored over it. So I could see how that vernacular might take a while to catch up, and also 
if if you've been listening to you know your samba style beats which have a totally different rhythmic function hearing this backbeat oriented because uh it's more of a two four right it, exactly if I'm, if I'm the right you know you got it you got it off it's all it's all on the backbeat it's all on the off yeah. right um and hearing that could be a little alien so mm-hmm. yeah he's gotta he's gotta prime everyone for this he's got to grow yeah. into it yeah um and there's a, there's a funny story actually on the recording of that album. The album I'm talking about is um, Eduardo Araujo, who is uh, sort of Tim's friend and, and mentor in a sense. Um, and it's called the uh, Onda e Boogaloo. The wave is Boogaloo. And Boogaloo is a sort of a synonymous sort of soul Latin hybrid uh-huh. in the US and that people were re- referencing. So it's almost like a, you know, a synonym for soul at the, the same time. But they were basically trying to audition musicians to play this music, and Tim having it in his head, what uh-huh. soul music supposed to sound like, they kept on bringing in drummers, and they couldn't get a drummer to play the beat right. Right. And then the, and a guy in the, you know, in the studio is saying, I think I know a guy um, that, that can play this beat. I'm going to bring him in. And they, they bring this guy in, and evidently, you know, the, inter, the, the guy who's... Uh, Making the introduction says, "Okay, it's a little strange. He's 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 got his um his like his coach with him, his like his his music teacher with him, um, because he doesn't read music. And this guy is going to transcribe the drum pattern. He's going to play. And 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 Tim and Eduardo are like, this is not going to work. You know, like, <laughs> we're looking for feel here, and right, you're, right, 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 you're right. trying to transcribe the drum beat. But evidently, they transcribe it, and the guy nails it just like they want to hear it." This guy is Paulinho Braga, who turns out to be one of like that was one of his very first gigs. But uh-huh. He goes on to be one of the, sort of the the best known Brazilian drummers of the seventies and eighties. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so his his music teacher's like, I, I, I just play it like that. I'm going to yeah. tell you how to play the note. Uh, and and so he like transcribed a, a break beat or something. Yeah, like yeah, that, basically. Yeah, and now. Now they've got their drummer, and now yeah. now you've got the beat, and now you could influence everyone. Now you could expose it out there. Um, so he has this he has this he has this uh, this moment where he, he gets the rhythm, he gets everything together, and now boom, it hits. Yeah. So then he gets his own album, um, and he's got a hit. He's got a hit song, um, and he's got a couple hit songs on that first album. The first album is on like the the pop charts for like forty two weeks or something Jesus. like that. So it was a runaway hit. Um, and at that point, there was no, no turning back. I mean, people are like, okay, there's something here. You know, there was the you know haters be damned. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, this outspoken, overweight, you know, black guy. You know, he he's got something. Yeah. You know, he's got a voice. He's got songs. He's got a very different sound because at this. Point, Point, there's no other popular Brazilian soul. He's right. the very first record at right. that point. Right. And then so of course, you know, they give him more records. And so he does one, two, three, four in successive years. And what's really confounding about Tim and his discography is all, almost all of his records are self-titled. So you're like, oh yeah, Tim Maya. Which uh, one? Yeah, exactly. And you have to be like Tim Maya 72, Tim Maya 73, <laughs> the one with his face on it. And they all have his face on it. <laughs> At least Led Zeppelin gave yeah. us some Roman numerals yeah, exactly, to work right. with. Exactly. <laughs> or, or a symbol to interpret. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like to to joke that his first four albums, which are 70, 71, 72, and 73, look kind of like a time-lapse photography of him, of him getting hairier and fatter. <laughs> so you can you can say he's in the middle. You're like, oh, yeah, oh he's still healthy, but yeah. Uh, exactly. oh, yeah. Um, so he's he's the pinnacle of, of Brazilian soul. He, yeah. he invented he, it. He basically invented it. He invented it. it. Without Whereas, him, um, you know, it would have, it might have eventually caught on, but it might have been a more 
um, a sort of a, a, a tertiary thing or a side, a side note because by the late 70s, you know, disco being disco yep. and taking over the world, yep. the same thing happened in Brazil, but they already had a scene. So it wasn't just layered on top. They basically had people playing Brazilian soul and funk and jazz. And so then they just, well, we can play disco too if that's what's going to sell Do records. Ba- ba- yeah. 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 So, so they just, and, they just, and it's good. They, I mean, it's some of the best disco. I mean, I'm not a disco hater at all. No. You know, just the bad stuff. No. Um, but, uh, you know, it, he was, um, you know, black funk and soul of the Brazilian variety was the best selling music within a decade of his beginning. Right. Which is, so I think, hugely significant. Now, uh, and now judging from the jacket of your book, it all goes Things wrong. Get Things get weird. She gets weird. She gets really uh, this weird. Is, this is, this, I, I cannot, I just read the jacket of Alan's book because yeah. I can't wait to actually read it yeah. because I'm just going to start with how the, the synopsis of the book. At the height of Tim Maya's soaring fame, he joined a radical extraterrestrial obsessed cult and created two plus albums of some of Brazil's and the globe's best funk and soul music simultaneously. The man hailed as James Brown or Barry White of Brazil, a radical transformation from a no- musician notorious for hedonistic living to a devoted follower of the Manuel Jacinto Solo? Coelho. Coelho rational culture, which is... A cult. Yeah. They don't like to think of themselves as the cult. And I, and I did get to, to meet some people still in this organization. Okay. It's still going. All right. Uh, this, is, uh, this stuff is so bizarre to me. Let's go. Let's go. He joins an ET cult. Yeah. So basically, um, I mean, if you know anything about Scientology, it's not that dissimilar from Scientology. Uh-huh. It is, it, 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 there's no connection whatsoever. It's just kind of a parallel, you know, a, a similar approach to um, the universe, shall we say, which is that um, we are, we humans are not from this planet. Uh-huh, because we, we're way too unique snowflakes to be here with all the rest of the things that we're genetically related to, of course. Yeah, yeah. right, yeah. exactly. Like, I think we share- We're better. I mean, I th- that's, that's the takeaway, really. I it, think we share more chromosomes with a banana than like a fish. So yeah. like, I think it's pretty close that we're related to bananas. Details, details. Yeah. But um, uh, so in this, in this, um, in this worldview, um, we are from a different place, mm-hmm. um, and we're exiled here mm-hmm. on planet Earth. And, um, and well, we are pretty. Sh- we are pretty sh- energy. We are pretty shitty. So it does make sense to exile us. Yes, but yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 and we're surrounded by this animal energy, which is antithetical to our own nature. And we need to purify ourselves. Oh my God, really? Yeah. Really? And, and you know how you purify yourself is you read and reread uh-huh. the thousand volumes uh-huh. of rational, of universe and disenchantment, which is the book of rational uh-huh. culture. Oh, okay. A thousand, co- a thousand volumes. How much do those cost? Exactly. Yep, there we go. I got it. I'm like, <laughs> There's this- a great payment plan, though, really. <laughs> I'm like, this sounds really, really, yeah. really familiar. Yeah, really exactly. Familiar. Uh, Hans von Ohain and Frank Whittle both invented the jet engine simultaneously to one another, one in Germany, one in, uh, one in uh, the United Kingdom. And after World War II, they looked at each other's diagrams and like, you sure we never met? And like, because they just invented the exact exact same wow. thing yeah, yeah. and eventually they both got credit yeah um but one was german and doing it for the bad guys. i mean i mean ancient aliens this is this, this is, is awesome everyone's is, everyone's come up with this this is and awesome on every on every continent yeah and 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 what's really even i 
what I really enjoyed about writing this book was digging into sort of the um, the origins of rational culture because uh-huh. one of the things that people haven't done in the discussion of, of Tim Maya and rational culture, and this is a little side note here, Tim Maya is um, is a household name in Brazil, so everyone yeah. knows who he is. James Brown. He's a James Brown. Yeah. He's sort of beloved like in a Neil Diamond kind of way. Cool. Because everyone sings yeah. along to his songs, like Gustavo Tanto de Você. That's a song you That's will sweet hear. Caroline. Yeah. Yeah. That's a song you hear anywhere and everywhere. Yeah. And everyone knows the words, you know. And awesome. And everyone, you know, starts waving their arms and singing along right um and and so people know about these albums uh, there's discussion about his time in rational culture but what i found is that no one actually ever knows what rational culture is or, or bothers to really explore what it is and what i found was really interesting is that it is it is a you know indigenous to brazil it was yep. founded in brazil by this guy manuel yacinto coelho who was like six foot six and a half feet tall huge guy who is like um you know um, was it autodidact? Is that when you teach yourself stuff? Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. like he, he knows about like, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, autodidactic polymath, like if, you know, like intense physics. And he also, you know, is self-taught on seven string guitar and, yeah. and like hold down a jam session, yeah. you know? And so he was basically like the most charismatic person that Tim Maya had ever met aside from himself. <laughs> and that, and that's why I think he ended up ultimately joining. was that he was like, I've never met anyone this impressive must be onto something. Right. I and, want to drink what he's drinking. And if you're you know? and if you're the guy, if you're the center of attention and team charisma and you say someone else who blows you out of the water, you'd be like, uh? Yeah. Yeah. What what's he got? Right? Yeah. I mean six foot six foot six Brazilian who knows everything about the world. Yeah. I might be on board Evidently, too. He saw him levitate too. Oh uh, well of course. <laughs> I mean so I think George Harrison saw what's his face? Uh the, the Maharishi, the Yogi. Maharishi yeah. Yogi. I think yeah. you saw him. It turns out you're just flopping your knees really fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so Tim and And this up, is at the height of Tim's career? Really, I mean, I tried to, I, you know, I've looked at other comparisons of, you It's so like Michael Jackson at Thriller. Yeah. And then he just joins the cult. Yeah. yeah. It's, right. it's it's like that. I mean, because you think about okay, the Beatles, they did their whole Yogi thing, but it was like they were they were that they had maybe six months left as a band, yeah, and it only added to their cultural capital, yeah, right? Yeah, and also they walked away and they're like, that thing was sort of dumb, wasn't it? They're like, <laughs> it was fun at the time. You had to be there. There was a you had to be there of it. This was no, yeah. you had I to mean, be there. Cat Stevens was pretty irrelevant by the time he went and to went, Yusef it, Islam. Yeah, Yusef yeah. Islam. Um, Bob Dylan. Was uh, like born again era, born again, but he was already kind of on down, down, yeah. down, you know, spiral. But you know, Tim, you know, and then you know, Prince, uh, uh, the symbol, but, but well, also Seventh Day Adventist. But you know, he'd already been going for thirty years at that point. You yeah, know, it didn't really matter. But Tim, literally four years into his career, um, you know, takes a, a pause from public life, basically, and joins this um, this this cult. Uh, for 18 months, by yep. my calculations, and uh, right before joining, he had um, he had renegotiated a contract, basically, um, or tried to get his previous label to let him put out a double album. Right, it was the 70s. Yeah, so, you know, oh like you know, if if you have an ego, then it manifests itself in a double album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Tim yeah. most certainly had an ego, yeah. and so he wanted his own double album. Uh, his record label was like, no. And then, but him being at the peak of his fame, he got RCA to agree to a double album. Right. So they bankrolled him in this brand new studio. They're in there jamming away, 
day after day, dropping acid, literally in the studio, dropping acid yep. on a daily basis. As one does. Yeah, exactly. It was 74, you know, and, um, and, you know, smoking weed all the time. You know, I asked, I asked the guys like, you know, were you guys doing drugs in the studio? It was like all day, every day, <laughs> every day. <laughs> you know? And then, so on one of these days he's taking a break, Tim goes and he's, and, and literally he's already on mescaline at this point. Cause it's very clear. Like the state he was in when he, when he became turned on to this religion. Yeah. And he visits a friend of his who's a, a songwriter and musician um, who happens to have this book, Universe and Disenchantment, on his coffee table. Yeah. And he comes into the guy's house. The guy's taking, you know, taking a shower because it's Brazil and it's hot as fuck all the time. You just take showers all the time. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, yeah, yeah, hang out. I'll be back in a minute. And, you know, so Chiberio goes and takes his shower and then he comes back out. And Tim is like, what is this book? Yeah. Tell me more. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, this is pretty interesting stuff, right? I mean, it's re- 1974. This is New Age. Right. Pa- Paulo Coelho, you know, the alchemist? Ah, uh, no. Uh, it's what, you oh, know, oh, the, the man author, who knows everything. Oh, the author of the yes, book. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, Paulo like, Coelho is Brazilian, and yeah. he's part of this whole oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's a Okay, no, 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 yeah, sure. Yes, I do, yeah. So, like, this idea of, like, this soul-searching stuff was huge in the 70s. Right. In Brazil, as in anywhere. These, like, yeah, know, the self-help whole, and new religions. Zen and, and the art of blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and and and, and you had the whole Earth catalog that, you know, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can find religion and seeds and, in the same catalog. Yeah, exactly, yeah, you could find you know growth stones and build your own geodesic dome <laughs> yeah, you know exactly. um and so you know so chiberio says um oh yeah this is really interesting stuff and my um my dad's actually involved and so chiberio's dad was involved with manuel yacinto Coelho, and he says well i can take you there so chiberio like the next day they get in their car and they drive out you know it's like 45 minutes outside of town where he's got this like compound basically yeah and everyone's dressed in white Oh, of course, yeah, classic cult. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the, the rules were they you know dressed in white, uh, no drugs or alcohol, um, no extramarital sex unless you're the cult leader. Evidently, no, uh, that's these, these <laughs> wow. the unspoken rule. No, but, yeah, he's got so it. Really he is. is like he's really, he's really nailing. You might um, be a cult leader if, if yeah. yeah. Oh, he's checking, if you're the only one gets to sleep with everyone. He's checking the boxes. Yeah. He's checking the boxes. Um, but Tim didn't know that at the time. That's the that's the kicker that that leads him to leave the cult is when it becomes clear that um, that the leader is fucking everybody, <laughs> um, and that he's not actually a saint. Yeah, and he's just really manipulative dude. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but clearly talented yeah, at manipulation because yeah, exactly. you got to be for a cult. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, but he ends up getting just you know really you know sucked into this thing, and then decides to change his album to reflect. The, the rational culture's beliefs. So, oh, sort of, so know, we got Brian Wilson now. Yeah. Right. And so he's saying he had literally the, more or less finished the album, all the music, and there was scratch vocals, you know, things stand in vocals yep. that they were, they were going to re record the vocals, yep. you know, once they'd figured out exactly what the song is supposed to be about. Um, you know, the difference between soul and, and rock is that in rock, it usually starts with the vocals. Yeah. And in soul, it starts with the groove, and then yeah. they figure out something to say on top of and it. And it's almost irrelevant <laughs> at yeah, that point. Exactly. Yeah. And so he, but then he rewrites all the vocals and the lyrics to be about rational culture. And then at some point along the way, um, the, the execs from RCA catch wind of what the hell's going on it's like <laughs> no, no no we can't no, do this <laughs> no. we can't put this out and he ends up walking away with basically all of his advance money yeah and the tapes yeah 
that you know what you know the the cost that went into well, that's, recording that's, like nonstop that's, for like months. Yeah, so that's that's theft, fraud, and yeah. and uh, violation of contract. Yeah, exactly. And um, but basically, they came to some sort of an agreement. It's still a little bit murky exactly how that all worked. Um, but um, uh, basically, RCA was like, well, you know, we're gonna we're gonna take a bath uh, if we actually had to put these records out because that was that was what their worry was is that they actually had a contract in theory they were have to put these records out yeah 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 yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Him, him being willing to walk away was like okay we don't have to press and market you know these hot these hot turds you know like no one's gonna buy this stuff you know yeah but uh it turns out no one no one really did buy it he ended up pressing them up independently and he became uh, as a result the, the founding father of the independent you know, music scene in Brazil, uh, which is sort of like a what yeah, happy you know, accident. Yeah, exactly. Um, he's the first first major artist to independently release anything in Brazil. Can we hear one of these tracks to oh, hear yeah. if they're totally out there? Uh, um, let's me- do Que Beleza. Q U E Beleza B Q U E. Got it. Here it is. Timaya. This is the first single from the first single from what is the name of this Tim, album? Tim Maya Rationale Volume One. All right, let's listen to this one. Sounding straight right now. Yeah, he was really into Curtis Mayfield, Isley Brothers, Al Green. Those were all big influences. That guitar is directly referencing Isley Brothers. I don't hear why you'd have to take... So what's interesting about this song is it's the only one that did get any radio play. Yep. And because it, it actually is the very first one that he recorded and released um, from these sessions, and it has no direct reference to rational culture. Just oblique references? Yeah. It's like, it's it's very sort of cosmic and talking about um, how beautiful it is to know the difference between good and bad, how beautiful it is to, to have a clear mind. You know uh, how beautiful. So it's 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 hitting it's, it's hitting the notes, but yeah. it's not being like it's not saying back backwards uh, backwards tape. Join us, yeah, join yeah. us. So you should uh, we should uh, um, if we can play one more track. Um, yeah, there's so he he records a couple in English as he did on every album. So it's um, I, I think it's called You Gotta Know or something. Tomorrow you gotta know. I think it's it's just, you don't know what I know. Yeah, is it a short track? I don't know. Let's see. Uh, yeah, this is it. You don't know what I know slash rational culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so this is in English, and this is him talk. This is basically an introduction to rational culture for in English by the man himself. And, uh, and remind me to tell you the story you about John Lennon. What I know, because I know where we came from. We came from a super world. Oh, world this came out on the album. Rational energy, and we live on the anti world. World, oh. animals, energy. Holy shit! Read the book, the only book, the book of God, universe in disenchantment, and you're gonna know the truth. It doesn't really roll off the tongue, does it? No, right. <laughs> 
and then it, and then it, and then it goes into this twelve minute long epic funk jam. No, no. Where he, he basically repeats the, the same words, but over a, over a funky beat. Let's skip ahead. It, yeah. You're right. It is, looks like nine minutes long. Yeah. We're gonna put it together. About, you know, putting the world together. We're we gonna rule the world. We're gonna rule the world. Don't you know? Don't you know? We're gonna rule the world. It's pretty tight. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. pretty Don't tight. You know we're gonna put it I mean, you could hear you can hear the the Isaac Hayes influence oh, in there. Oh yeah, um, and uh, and so the funny thing is, is that Tim was so convinced that uh, obviously he was he, he was sold. I mean, you can't fake being part of something like this. Yeah, like, no, no one's no, buying no, no, it. No, <laughs> no, this is this is legit, right? He was really believing this stuff, but, and so much so that he he was convinced that um, that uh, it didn't matter that it was in Portuguese, the book that people would be able to, you know, understand it in other languages. And so the story goes is that he sent copies of his records with a copy of the book in Portuguese. Yeah. Universe yeah. Disenchantment. And he sent it to James Brown, yep. Curtis Mayfield, yep. and John Lennon. Did and he, John, only, he only got a response from, from one of them. John Lennon. And, 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 no, 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 it's, this is so, I, this is so John Lennon. He'd be like, all right. I, I. It said, it said, I'm paraphrasing mm-hmm. here, but I believe it was, it was, a, 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 I think it was maybe just a photo with, with these words inscribed on the back. Yeah. But it said, dear freak, I don't read Portuguese. <laughs> How about you read this photo? And the photo is a nude photo of John Lennon. <laughs> I love the dear freak. He's like, somehow we're on the same page while we're not but on the same not, page. We're not. Yeah, no. Because Lennon would be like, Lennon would be like, what a weirdo. He's like, why do heroin for three straight months? Yeah. I'm like, this guy's, a, this guy's a nut job. Yeah. Lennon, you're a nut job too, yeah. buddy. Yeah, right. <laughs> This is wow! This is so amazing. This is so amazing. Um, I think we should let people explore the rest of this story on their own yep. by getting the book right now. That's a great idea. Uh, it's Tim Maya, Tim Maya Racional volumes one and two on the thirty-three and a third imprint out of Bloomsbury Press by Alan Thayer. Where can we find this book? Well, you know, of course, you get it on Amazon. Uh, you can get it directly from Bloomsbury. I think it's actually a better price. Um, although their, I, their I website's would, not, not really super functional. Okay, kind of guys. Yeah, so, like, let's go directly yeah. to the horse's mouth. Yeah. Let's get it off let's the Bloomsbury. Get more money Bloomsbury too. Press directly. Yeah. Um, this is a fascinating story with some really dope music. So, I highly recommend you go out, you get this book, you read it, and you listen to. I mean, I've I've got a new. I'm in the middle of a. 15 state road trip I've got several 8 hour drives and by the end of this I may really be in rational culture because yeah. I might listen yeah. to this album and I'm 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 really susceptible to uh, suggestions. So uh, there's a there's a great compilation that came out about oh, ten years ago on Lawaka Bop. I I have something to do with it um, in that I, I wrote the liner notes for it and suggested a couple songs that made the cut. Um, but it has um, it's only the only proper international release. It's uh-huh. called the Existen- Existential Soul of Tim Maya. Yep. World Psychedelic Classics Volume something rather. Um, so yeah, the the good folks at Luwaka Bop put that out, and it's got a lot of songs from Rational Culture, so you can hear them all. Awesome, not most of them. And Alan, can we hear your uh, br- the Brazilian beat online? You can. Um, unfortunately, it's not streaming after the fact, so you got to catch it in real time. That's, so that, hey, that's like, better. 
It's That's like, better. Let's listen live. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, so it's a Saturday mornings, uh, nine to eleven a.m. Pacific Standard Time, and it's um, kmhd.org. So it's kmhd as in dog. dot org. The Brazilian beat. The Brazilian by beat. Alan Thayer. Saturdays, on kmhd.org. Saturdays nine to eleven Pacific. Which is a great time for the East Coast. That's brunch time. Yeah. So get down it's with like, it's get down with the time here and brunch time there. Get down with the Brazil during brunch, East Coast folks. Alan Thayer, this has been absolutely awesome. Please go out and buy the Tim Maia Racional volumes one and two on the thirty-three and, th- and a third Brazil imprint out of Bloomsbury, and check them out on KMHD.org every Saturday morning for the Brazilian beat. Alan, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun, Austin. Thanks. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.